Yo, another episode of Driving It Home Featuring your boy, your opinionated MJ I'ma get straight into it Cause I got some things to say Excuse the vibrations on the phone if you're hearing that Look man, this this is basically a big Like pre-trade type of draft uh, Type of draft Type of podcast That I, and, and I got little intricate things I want to get out And the main thing is I should headline this. The Great Sacrifice. James Harden versus Russell Westbrook. And yes, I have words for this. I got words for it. So, Russ has handled relocation and his role changes well since departing OKC. Much better than Harden. Harden has often been very unprofessional and spoiled. He got CP3 when he wanted. Russ got his wish to go to Brooklyn. And now is rumored to have the desire to be moved again. Not to mention, everyone thinks he's being petty by not playing away games because Kyrie can't play home games. And if this is true, it's very toxic behavior for a teammate. Let's let's just get that out the way. That's just being honest. Harden has not been reliable in the playoffs when it matters the most. So how is it that he's allowed to act like He's been a walking title title or finals berth like LeBron James recently was. I have to pose that question. So me putting those words together came from a place of I look at Russ and I look at how he moved from OKC to Houston. And during the second half of the season, he was great. He was good. You know, he came from COVID. He came from. I want to say hamstring issues. I'm, I forget. And it and it happened going into the playoffs. Then Russ moved on to Washington, which is now actually rumored to be the place he would go. If the Lakers would trade for John Wall, Russ goes back to Houston. Houston gets uh, Russ bought out. Russ goes back to Washington. Because apparently Washington is disgruntled with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. So. I I guess they want Russ back, which is not a bad look because Russ with young players, with players that have uh, niche games is a good fit with a lot of those teams. Russ doesn't need to be on an established Lakers type of team where you have two other superstars because he's the third wheel. Let's just throw that out there. So we never seen a third wheel with LeBron be the guard. We never seen that. We always seen Chris Bosch. We seen Kevin Love. We haven't seen a guard with LeBron be the third wheel. We haven't seen that. And this is the result of that. Because Russ is still, to me, a triple double monster. He could put up 10 points. Come on now. He could get his assists. He could get his rebounds. You have to design the offense based around that. I'm gonna get the boards run. Just go. So we can get easy buckets in transition. Cause I'm coming up to court at full speed. They they honed in on me. Trying to stop me. And boom, here you go. All right, easy dunk. Boom, here you go. Easy shot. The Lakers shouldn't have made that move if they weren't going to give Russ four reigns. You know, because he's younger than LeBron. He could he could put more. Um, he could extend LeBron's career. He could take minutes off LeBron. But that's not what's happening in, in, in a Laker nation. I don't want to just say L.A. Laker nation. So move him. So he could be who he is. Now, in the James Harden's case, you know, Harden was like, 
oh, yeah, you know, this team can't win the championship. Like, he really threw Houston under the bus. He didn't give uh, Steven Silas a chance. He didn't give his new teammates a chance with him. If he would have been fully invested, I feel like Harden could actually have Houston in the four or five seed right now in the Western Conference. I really do. If he was himself, he was not going through injury issues and whatnot, and he was playing a majority of the games, 80% of the games, yeah. Yeah. But Harden has turned into a crybaby because he, and, and I understand, because he's wanting to win a championship. He desires to win a championship. So I understand that part because I don't really get NBA players that come to the NBA and don't want to, you know, when the biggest prize that's in the NBA, how can you not want to do that? He has an MVP. So apparently he's not satisfied. But, you know, as far as, you know, me headlining this segment, the great sacrifice, I feel like Russ is winning because now he's in L.A. getting benched. And he's like, you know, as long as we win. As long as we win. Like, Harden ain't doing that. He going back and forth with Kyrie blindly. You know, instead of saying, man, bro, you know, and it's not for him to be able to say, oh, Kyrie, I need you to do A, B, and C, or Kyrie to say, you know, James, I need you to be here, A, B, and C. You know, y'all got to figure it out, man. Y'all grown men over there. And Steve Nash is, he in the middle of it looking like a coach and uh, a coach that can't coach. So y'all need to actually look into that. Now, next. I think these players today will have their legacies marginalized thanks to so much willingness to move. Every player is willing. Every I should have specified that every superstar slash all star player, a majority of them are willing to move or are considered to be on the block from their respective teams. And I think that the era of legacy as far as being with one team, setting a standard for that team, building a culture with that team. Uh, you know, cause how many people want to go to Chicago and play in Jordan shadow? It's not a lot. How many people want to go to New York and play in the garden other than mellow? It's not a lot. How many people actually decided to go to LA to the Lakers and play third fiddle behind LeBron and AD? You know, like your legacy gets thrown around. Like, let's say the Clippers don't win a championship. It'll in hindsight, it'll look like a stupid move. If Brooklyn doesn't win a championship in hindsight, it'll look like a stupid move. Although, you know, they're dealing with circumstances within the city that actually has nothing to do with the actual NBA team, but the actual city itself. So that's where I withhold. Um. Criticism on Kyrie because that's like me telling a man, yeah, uh, do this or do that. And he just do it because I'm telling him to do it. Like, you know, I'm not saying don't get the vaccine or get the vaccine, but I'm looking at it as like, imagine somebody come up to you like, yeah, man, we at this party. We doing this. You should try this. You're going to go in your right mind or you're going to go. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have you're going to be under peer pressure. So. That's that, and that's just that situation alone. Next, 
if the Nets land Simmons, is it a guaranteed title? Simmons, KD, Kyrie. Me personally, I think so. I do. I really do. Uh, the Nets cannot get Ben Simmons or it's over. <laughs> Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons with Kyrie? Bruh, they won't even need Kyrie. I mean, maybe to close some games, but, you know, him and him and Kevin Durant can alternate and find Ben Simmons in a dunker spot and kick it to him. But um, continuing on, I think the Nets should get Kyrie to agree to play elsewhere and ship him to Philly. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Philly. Kyrie Irving with Joel Embiid with the rest of those pieces. If you could do a trade straight up, Kyrie for Ben Simmons, no brainer. Again, I think the Nets should get Kyrie to agree to play elsewhere and ship him to Philly for Simmons so he could play the entirety of the rest of the season anyway. Because if he's in another city and he's coming to visit, he can play. Which is stupid to me. But anyway, why not secure yourself the opportunity to receive more money by having your rights moved instead of having to find a new place in free agency. So basically what I'm saying is if Kyrie wants another max extension, if James Harden wants another max extension, the Brooklyn Nets aren't necessarily thinking about giving that to you two in particular. Why not get traded? And the team you're being traded to is pretty much going to want you to re-sign. Which means they're prepared to give you the max. You get the full max because your rights are being traded. That's just something to throw out there. Next up, I believe the next CBA will result in a lockout. It just will. The, everything that's going on right now with the players being so powerful and not having to adhere to nothing going on with uh, what's going on upstairs with the organization is just player agent. Hey, I want to go. All right, we got to move him because he don't want to be here. Like, I I grew up in the era where these players might have wanted out, but they still showed up to work. They still showed up and they wanted to dominate. They still showed up and they wanted to be great. They still showed up and they knew that their legacies were on the line. So, you know. Expect this next CBA. I expect a lockout, actually. Unless the players just like, yeah, yeah, we've been doing that. All right, go ahead, yup. That's the only way. Other than that, we're going to have a lockout. Whether it's one month, three months, five months, we're going to have a lockout. And that's going to, in turn, turn into something of a uh, a COVID type of season. You know, where they try to bunch all the games up. Maybe cut the games down to... X amount of games, you know, just just anticipate that. And uh, where did I leave off on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can't see the owners continuing to let the players have this much power and ability to do what they want. It defeats the purpose of giving the top players big contracts. It does. Why not sign them to a one in one team option? It just does. Becomes even more unattractive to sign big players. If organizations are trying to exercise continuity. Now, when I say that, I look at Golden State. I look at Denver. 
I look at Phoenix. Who else has great continuity? Is that it? Milwaukee. Or, you know, at least decent continuity. Miami. With their team, the way they've been the last two or three years, like, it's still intact. You allow your core to build camaraderie and chemistry. When you keep them together, and it's not just, hey, yo, Jimmy Butler here. Uh, We got to move Tyler Hero for James Harden because we got to hurry up and win. Like, no, let's just let Hero get up to where he's going to get up to because Jimmy Butler has this much left. Or Jimmy Butler is this to us. You know, it's not a lot of belief in being able to win when you slowly build. Did I, did I not mention Memphis for some reason? The Grizzlies have continuity. That's why they are how they are now. This it's why. So anybody that has a question about the continuity thing, look at the Grizzlies, look at the Jazz, look at the Warriors. Yes, the Warriors went through what? Uh lottery years, but it's still something to add on. Something something to pour into the pot of Steph, Clay, Dre. Stir it up and let's see what we get. Because we've seen how they won the first time. You don't need another superstar over there. You don't need Ben Simmons over there. You don't need LeBron James over there. You don't need Kevin Durant over there right now. The Warriors can still win a championship. Yes, it has to do with coaching, personnel, uh, the players on the team, including Steph Curry, who doesn't mind if another star comes over and he's willing to sacrifice some of his game in order to make sure that that star gets his, his shots, his minutes, his everything. Like that stuff is important. And a lot of people want things to be overnight success. Usually, if you are able to achieve overnight success, you need to make sure you put that money into investments and something. Because if you overnight, that means you haven't built anything. You're just overnight. Think about that. And the last thing I wanted to touch on is why? This is why Clippers needed depth at the wings to replace Kawhi and PG on a defensive end due to their playoff expectations. Why did the Clippers trade for Powell and Covington? Well, PG and Kawhi are defenders, correct? So if they go see LeBron in the playoffs, they go see John Morant in the playoffs, they go see Chris Paul, Devin Booker in the playoffs. They're uh, Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley, let me not sleep. Um, They're going to need wing depth to defend those players. They're going to need depth to help defend those players when they are looking like, okay, I'm setting this up, but this play is designed for me to look like I'm about to finish, but I'm going to kick it out to, uh, well, I can't say Joe Ingles now, you know, get well soon, Joe. Um, But, a Bogdanovich or anybody else on the team for Memphis, anybody outside of John Morant, because they just don't run through John Morant. He just so happens to be able to elevate his game above the system and carry the system if need be. And I think that's missing from the NBA. We're too concerned about, Oh, well, this team need to win this year because if you don't win this year, like, that's like basically saying the Memphis Grizzlies should mortgage uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and 
hell, you could put anybody in there and say, we need to go get this player because this is this is closer to ensuring us a championship this year than anything, as opposed to staying the course, continuing to build longevity and continuity, and that team come out next year and win, run off 15 games straight, wins, lose one, run off seven more. I think that's lost because a lot of NBA fans now are, they're just so instant gratification based. Like, I don't know if the internet did this to you, but if you love the NBA the way I do, you're going to enjoy everything. You have to enjoy the ups, the downs, the ebbs, the flows, because it all flows into the story of the NBA. And it, it, I mean, you can't you can't expect to just have greatness immediately and it be self-sustaining. Look at look at the Brooklyn Nets right now. Look at the uh, the Lakers right now. They they both have big threes, veteran big threes, and it's falling apart already. Already. I've seen the Chicago Bulls get built with Derrick Rose, Joachim Noah. Luau Dane, Jimmy Butler. I seen the Thunder get built with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka. I saw the Spurs get built with Tim Duncan coming off of David Robinson. Transfer that energy to Tony Parker. And we don't give Tim Duncan enough credit. He didn't have David Robinson no more. And he stayed relevant in in uh, championship contention with two guards instead of another big. Like, Come on, man. I need y'all fans to get it together. Like, y'all have to relax, man. Just chill. Enjoy the story. Enjoy the development and growth of the players that's on your team. Because those teams that are organic are some of the best teams. The Golden State Warriors. They're here. Why? Because they organically built around their three. I won't necessarily call them big because... If Draymond not dropping 15 points, y'all, you know, doing poo emojis on him. But he serves other purposes in the game. And a lot of NBA fans don't understand it. Oh, so why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? And then they're ushering in younger players. The Warriors are set up to hand off the team to someone else and allow their actual big Three right now to come to the bench or have reduced minutes and fill in for those players that they have in place right now. Meanwhile, everybody wants them to trade Moody, Kaminga and Wiseman. For what? Jordan Poole, for what? That's the future. So imagine having those four at the forefront, uh, well oiled, reaching their potential surpassing their potential uh going to the ceiling that people seen in them and then all of a sudden you got steph clay and dre on the bench that's a threat bro <laughs> like that's that's a clear threat so i just i you know I, I really want nba fans to settle like if you're a real nba fan just settle in enjoy the story of the nba because it's a story it never ends but the more the story goes, the more you can look back in hindsight and say, you know what? I remember 
being a part of this moment. I remember being a part of when this team was losing, when this team was struggling, when this team was searching. And then they did this. And all of a sudden it changed our fortunes and I've been here the whole time. So I'm cheering even harder because now we're in a greater position as opposed to being a fair weather fan. And you're on the fence. Well, I don't know that, you know, the Warriors weren't doing good this year. Steph hurt. Oh, they in a the lottery. Uh, they're done. Dynasty over. Don't be like that because every player can't remain healthy. Every team does not necessarily keep the same staff within their organization. It's a lot of factors that plug into what's going on in the NBA. And a lot of people don't understand that. So just if you, if I don't know if you casual, if you casual, then cool. But if you love the NBA, like I do, and, and it's probably not that many that do, but if you love the NBA Allow these stories to develop because these are the stories that we're going to be talking about a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. I watched John Morant beat the Warriors in the play in and then struggle in the playoffs. Look at what Memphis looks like now. Jerry Jackson Jr. was just coming back then. Look at him now. Arguably a defensive player of the year candidate. Actually, arguably the defensive player of the year. Like you have to actually put in the work towards these things. You can't expect players to come in from college and be like, oh, we're supposed to win the championship with you off top. That's not how it works. And before I go, I will say this because I'm high on it, but I really think, and and I mentioned this in the pod about the NCAA, but when you draft players that are three and four year players, You should expect them to impact the game. That's gotten away from the game because we do one and dones. We have to develop players. Look at what Jalen Green is going through. Imagine he went to college one year, went to G League one year, or went to college two years. Went to stayed in. I won't say stayed in G League, but imagine Jalen Green went to college two years and then didn't go to Houston. We're just like a goldmine of young players that's all trying to get ahead. And he can't get ahead. Whereas he has more time in with his college or G League team. We know what he is. We know where he plugs in. We plug him in. And Jalen Green, I'm not knocking him. This is I'm just using him as an example. We have to stop expecting these players to come and be Michael Jordan. That alone lets me know that this is still Jordan's league. With with LeBron sprinkled on it. Because LeBron came and impacted the league immediately. People don't say it, but Carmelo came and impacted the league immediately from lottery to playoffs. Like, we have to stop expecting that from one-and-done players. Unless they're winning championships in college like Carmelo Anthony. And they're the focal point. So, I just wanted to throw that out there, man. Driving at home seven. Y'all take it easy out there. Trade deadline coming up. Look out for some more stuff.